Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. In this Soulful Sound conversation, I speak with Kiki Melitsis, who is a singer, a songwriter, recording artist, and performance mentor with diverse roots that bring a unique worldly quality to her musical passion and expression. Born and bred in Lusaka, Zambia to Greek parents, Kiki furthered her education in London, UK with an MA in music performance. Aside from her diverse live and studio experience, Kiki has taught at performing arts schools and colleges, including the Institute of Contemporary Music Performance in London. She has also regularly judged for Live and Unsigned and Open Mic UK, the UK's biggest nationwide music competitions for original bands and singers, and also in Zambia where she was a judge on nationwide TV talent show Dreams. She continues to mentor budding performers and has been a regular at various annual festivals where she has opened for a variety of international headline acts, including Brian McKnight, Joe, and Joss Stone. Her music incorporates a fusion of pop, soul, rock, and jazz with an ethnic edge in honor of her diverse roots and international upbringing. In this episode, Kiki shares her experience of starting over as an artist and the demands of the music industry and how important it is for us to look after ourselves as artists. She also opens up about her personal healing journey and the realizations that she encountered on her way back to health. This is one not to miss. See you on the inside. Wow, I have in front of me a beautiful lady today, Kiki Malitsis, a dear friend of mine. Kiki is a singer, a songwriter, recording artist, and performance mentor with diverse roots that bring a unique worldly quality to her musical passion and expression. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for joining me today. Uh, you Thank mean you the world to me. me and... I really wanted to have you share your story and a lot of things that I, I am very fortunate to know about with, um, you know, with everyone listening, because there's a wealth of knowledge there and a lot of mm -hmm. things that you can share. Um, and I remember that we met, I don't know, about seven, eight years ago, a bit more, perhaps, uh, in a staff room university, uh, university staff room even. Yeah. Uh, where we were teaching contemporary music and there was so many fun things and times there. And since then, you returned back home to Zambia. Yes. And, you know, life took you there. You went back uh, to, to see your parents and to support them. Um, and so many different things have happened in your career. So yeah. as a singer and a performer, I know that here in London, you started to build up your following, you know, getting your music going. And then you up and left and, you know, re relocated to Zambia, which is where you were born. Yeah. Um, so what I'm really curious about is how that worked for you because you had to not not really start over but certainly start over in a new place building your musical career uh so talk to me a little bit about that 
So basically, uh, I remember that when I made the decision to go back home to Zambia, um, and this is, you know, leaving London, where supposedly there's so many, you know, so many opportunities here, which, you know, we all know this. And people were asking me, they're like, you're leaving London to go back to Zambia. Like, really? Even people that, you know, my friends back home in Zambia, they're like, well, what are you going to do there with your music? And I said, guys, I, I I don't actually know the answer to that. Mm. All I know is that I need to go. Maybe it doesn't make sense in some ways, but it's just I felt a strong calling that I just needed to go home. Brilliant. So I went with that. I defied logic, which I've done many times in my life, and I'm not sorry. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Um, so I went back home and to put it, you know, to put it, um, to sum it up, I basically came to life when I went back home. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just, and I, looking back, I can see that I needed to go back home. I needed to kind of reconnect with like my roots and my foundation. I was born in Zambia and I grew up there. I went to school there. Um, I, when I came to the UK, I learned many things. I studied, I went to university. I, you know, taught as well, which is where I met you, as you mentioned. Um, all of these things, which I'm very grateful for, lots of stuff that I needed to learn. That was obviously another part of my journey. But I think I needed to come back home to remember who I was. That's beautiful. And I think yeah. that, you know, obviously what you're saying in, in terms of a literal leaving a country and going to another one, which is what you see as home to kind of reconnect with yourself. I think that works in another way of just coming home to ourselves, regardless of our location. Yes. Just brings us back to, to who we are and really feeling at home with ourselves. Exactly. Um, yeah. And sometimes it needs to be in, uh, an approach where it's, it is changing your environment to ignite that. But I think it's beautiful that you, one, you know, as you said, you you heard a calling and you felt a calling. But a lot of the time, people hear hear these things, but either one, they they don't notice, or two, they notice, but they're not brave enough to answer the call. And I think it's yeah. wonderful that despite uh, all of the objections that you might have had for yourself and others certainly had and threw at you, you knew it was something that you were meant to do, and you followed through. And there's something beautiful in connecting with that intuitive part of yourself, which I'm, I'm sure will continue to serve you. Very true. And like you say, really, what it came down to was that was the inner work that took place, even though geographically, I also did, you know, sure, go back home. But I think that that was the beginning of the inner work in that sense. And um, so it started very, very innocently, you know, I started um, just jamming with a friend of mine, Ben. And then we we began doing gigs together. And you know, it just everything just sort of blew up, we were playing everywhere and at all the corporate functions and events and all of that, you know, we made quite a name for ourselves. Um, and then, um, you know, through other stuff, I guess that I I went through, I then began um, my songwriting career there. Um, mm. well, songwriting career, but um, I started writing songs. Yeah. Uh, which was something that I tried to do for ages, but never quite got into it, never quite was able to connect with that or with that skill or that, you know, thing that I wanted to do. But I think, again, that was part of my journey there. And when I finally, it hasn't been very long. I think I started, it was in 2013. Um, that, yeah, I opened up and I was actually able to write and express myself in that way. So, and then I started promoting my solo career as a recording artist and started recording and Wonderful. yeah. So all of these things that, you know, I managed to achieve there, which 
I didn't yet at that point in my at that point in my life when I was living in London and um I guess I just needed to be you know come back to myself from my foundation from my roots maybe it helped that I had my friends and family around me there um mm. I don't know it could be so many factors but yeah Zambian sunshine and good and oh, food <laughs> how could I not have mentioned that as the first thing <laughs> <laughs> the weather just really literally I just came to life when yeah. I went back there so yeah. so many things probably were at play but um I can relate I yeah. I love as you know I'm from the Caribbean and I love sunshine and that yes. sun the kind of heat and sun that goes through to the bones I mean that you can't really get any better than that yeah. um and so I know that since you've gone back and done all of these things you know your songwriting the starting out with Ben and all of that that you have now moved on to open for big acts like Brian McKnight yeah. and Joe and Joss Stone so there's some really big names there which means you've made a really you know good name for yourself in Zambia and doing all of this and I'd be curious to know if there are any practical strategies that you can share for other artists or people who might be listening um about starting over and I put starting over in in inverted commas yeah. you can't see the quotation marks um but listening <laughs> there that starting over in a new place or on new stomping ground as an artist are there any practical strategies that you feel were helpful for you to kind of jump in with both feet and go for it i think ultimately um you need to be able to hear yourself and listen to yourself that's 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 the one thing so like even with my compass it was knowing that I needed to go back to Zambia, for example. But it, that could be anything. It could be like, okay, what do I need to go and do this? Um, listen to what your uh, what your compass is telling you first and foremost. Second, and and don't let what other people are saying limit you. I mean, they could have the best intentions for you, of course, but you know they're coming from their place and their angle and their beliefs. It's it's not necessarily what's true to you. Mm. Then I would say, really, when you set an intention to go out and do something when you when you know that oh I would like to go and achieve this it doesn't matter where you are or if you're not sure what the ropes are yet or you know it, it, for example if you are going to like a completely new environment or a new country literally just take the first step mm. go out there and just meet people it's it, it is as simple as that i know it can be a bit daunting you know for some and it can sound that way but literally just you know to 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 really break it down very literally maybe go on google <laughs> yep look for an open mic night for example if that's your avenue obviously your avenues vary and then just go to one. It, yeah. Like I'm trying to make it sound like really simple because it is. Mm. And once you've set that intention and you take small steps like that, literally small as in you found a place and you go there and sit down, literally. Um kind of everything aligns and the right people and the right opportunities will start appearing in your life. Yeah. And this has never failed um in my experience. So. I think what's really interesting and, um, you know, I can completely relate to this myself in, in my work and the way I work um, in terms of making decisions is that you talk a lot about intention. Yeah. And I, I personally, the power of intention for me in my life is really, really important. And I use it often, you know, probably every day setting an intention. And I think what's great is that you have two components. I would, I would call it your formula for, you know, getting out there and do it would be uh, intuition 
plus intention plus yes. action. And it might not be in that order. It's a good formula. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and it sounds like those three things. And, and as you said, just taking one step, it doesn't have to be something massive. It can just be simply, right, what do I want to go out there and do? Let me just jump on Google, yeah. find what's local to me, see what's out there and just take one step towards. True. We don't need to overwhelm ourselves with like, oh, yeah. and, then, and then looking at what other people are doing and how they did that and then like putting unnecessarily expectations on yourself no you don't need to do that no, no just ask yourself what you want and then write right this is what i want so okay what one step what one little step can i do is it to go and see something to go in like whatever it is you know yeah, just yeah. one step and then before you know it the next step will appear and then the next step and then yeah. you bump into someone and yeah. then like you find yourself in a staff room at a university and then you meet a friend there. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about you. But, uh, and yes. then other things come out from that. You see, everything will align and the right people will just come into your life, you know? Yeah. And are you saying that everything would al will align and the right people will come into your life based on a particular thought system? Is it that you feel that by taking action and trusting your intuition that everything falls into place? I think so it does, but yep. okay, there is the misconception that it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that happens will be pleasant, you of know? Of course, yeah. Um, and I think that is important um, to understand that misconception, but pleasant or not, when you look back, you will see that it's exactly what you needed to learn and what needed to come into your life so that it can put you on track to where you know, you truly want to be. So I think that so is, it's all good in the that end. That is anyway. great. And I, I think it's really important, as you said, to make that distinction that everything won't be pleasant and comfortable and, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. But recognizing that, um, and you talk about looking back. So in reflection, thinking, mm -hmm. gosh, it's a good thing these things happened as yeah. hard as they were. And even though you thought you didn't time, want that at the time. Yeah. yeah, to get me where I am. But also if you move in and be present with that frame of mind, then it means that in the moment and in the doing of things, you can also go in the future when I look back, this is where I'll be. So I might as well be that now. I might as well yes. take this discomfort on as a lesson, take this displeasure on as a lesson and move forward in a positive way because there are only so many things that we can control. You know, there Absolutely. is this, <laughs> this saying, um, when we make plans, God laughs. Yes. You know, or the divine laughs. Or the, I just think it's amazing because often um, we have, I mean, I'm a planner. I like to put mm, everything down. So I. I like, I have, I like, <laughs> like my list. I where I'm going, what I'm doing, what's this, yeah, you know, what's going to happen. And, you know, I know that being spontaneous is something that I've worked on, certainly. Um, but my natural disposition is to know where things, how things are moving, how things are going. Um, thankfully, I have spontaneous people around me to nudge me out of that comfort zone. Um, <laughs> but in all of that, it is also just recognizing that even with all the plans and all the things that you might think you want to have, that there are always going to be things that happen in a way that you don't expect. Yeah. And, and the sooner you're open to that, yeah. the more it will serve you. Yeah. The more it will serve you. You can witness the lesson earlier, learn from it and yes. move on. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So a lot of nuggets. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm really <laughs> loving it. And so Thank I know you. that obviously you are a vibrant musician and artist. You're doing a lot of wonderful things um, with your material. Your your songs are awesome. As you know, I love your music. Thank you. And um, so you're a part of the music industry, uh, which is not a you know an easy industry to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of beautiful things um, 
out there that services artists, but there are quite a few things as well that don't necessarily serve us. And I'm curious to know, since you're, you know, still quite lively in the music industry, if there was one thing that you could change about the music business or industry, mm-hmm. what would that be? Um, I think I would have to say the, the one thing um, that I would come to that I would think is quite important is that Uh, for people to gain a better understanding um, of the value that artists bring, I think, with the work that they do, and songwriters, for example. I mean, from a business sense, um, you do get uh, some companies, which I won't mention the names in this (laughs) podcast, who don't seem to value the songwriter's input as much or as much as they you know, as much as they should or could. I don't like using the word should, but um, when it comes to like what they've contributed to putting this song out and putting this music out, it's like from a business sense, they get a very small percentage even from the cut. And when you look at that, the the overall picture, even though I understand, okay, maybe you you can look at it from different perspectives and say like, okay, what actually goes into promoting that? And perhaps if they didn't do that, then the song wouldn't even be known in the first place. But really, the song is, um, I believe, I just believe that um, they do need to uh, get more um, credit and be valued. What's the word? Yes, yeah. be valued. Not necessarily. Well, I think financially, yes, because look, they are working and they are also trying to make a living. So, um, but yeah, um, and even in, in, on a smaller scale, I would say, like even as a performer, I mean, you, you even get these memes showing up on social media. Mm. Um, one that many people may have seen before is like when you hire a singer, what you think you're getting, and there's the left hand column which says someone to stand on the stage and sing for two hours. And then on the right-hand column, it says what you're actually getting. It's like someone who has spent years perfecting their craft, has spent years maybe studying, um, gig equipment that they've had to spend money on, uh, lessons. um, There's like a whole list that goes on which people don't realize what actually Mm. goes into that. And even me as a live performer, I would say, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll get the odd question, like people say like, so what do you do otherwise? Right. What do you mean otherwise? (laughs) Um, Yeah, like when you're not singing, what do you do? And I thought, well, do do you, people think that, you know, I just leap upon a stage. (laughs) I just leap upon the stage, you know, like on a Friday night for two hours and then I'm completely free the rest of the time. Like, where do you think that comes from? Those two hours that you've seen that I've just given you and that I've, you know, dedicated to entertaining you and trying to touch you as an artist. I've had to think about it and put so much preparation and energy and everything into that. It's yeah. taken hours. And then obviously my promoting myself as an artist, you know, you look at yourself as a business and there's lots of things I need to do as far as like even admin, like communicating and sure. preparing my social media and my promotion and my, there's, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So I'm like, no, I don't do anything yeah, else. So often it's, it. <laughs> yeah, so often it's just the outcome or the end result that people see. Yes. And as such, very often devalue all the work and time yes. and effort and creative input that you've put in. Exactly. Um, and I think, I think you know, I, I see this often. You talk about the memes on Facebook where, uh, you know, let's just say for an example, a guitarist or, or a bassist gets up to gig and their, their amp, their guitar, their everything, all the stuff that they have in front of them, it costs you know, t- 12 times as much as they're being paid, yes. you know, for, for actually getting up and sharing. And, you know, I do agree that 
we are very much undervalued as artists, not just just the music industry, but I think culturally arts are now starting to come back into, thankfully, come back into the forefront of being important part of education. Because I know certainly growing up that singing for me was something that I knew I always wanted to do. uh, But for a very long time, it was seen as a hobby. Yeah, um, is, and, and lots of people do have it as a hobby, I guess, and sure. it's because it's so enjoyable. It's of misconceived course, of as course. Oh, and, it's something you do for fun. Yeah, and I think it is something you do for fun, and I absolutely think it's a great hobby to have. Yeah. But once you've crossed the line of, one, obviously taking it seriously, making it your profession, being paid to do it, it is yes. no longer a hobby. It's something that you do, you know, you're doing at a professional level, which for me started at 17. Yeah. Um, and then obviously being able to then go off and leave college and go and do music and all of this because I knew it was what I really wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I think the really it's about, as you say, recognizing the value and the the worthiness of the arts and of artists and of musicians and anyone mm-hmm. doing anything creative out there because the world needs a lot more of that. Um, Absolutely. Much more creative thinking and, and bringing things through in a very expressive and creative way. Yeah. So I know that you've opened for a lot of great artists, like I mentioned before. Yeah. I'd be curious to know if you could collaborate. Well, who would you want to collaborate with right now and why? Is there anyone out there that you think, ah, oh, whether that's as a performer or a songwriter? Well, the person that I have thought about, like, and I've thought about this for a while and it just keeps coming back is Ed Sheeran. Awesome. I just, I love it. Look, there's lots of artists that I, I love and I love their music and that, but I really... I love Ed Sheeran's sound. I love his writing. And I just think he's a really nice person too, you know, from, you know, stuff that I hear and, you know, even watching him speak about his craft and YouTube videos and that. And, you know, I'll be playing like, uh, I'll be playing his music in my car and listening to it. And I just, I really connect it for some reason. I think Mm. he's also someone that's like worked really hard and like kept at it. So there's so much about him that just resonates with me. And I think maybe it's just also his voice that I would just, I'd love to sing with him mm. one day. Maybe that you know, maybe happen. I will. We'll put that fact, out there. I will. Universe, I'm putting we're that putting out that, there. that out there. Yes. And Sheeran, <laughs> listen up. You have someone someone waiting to collaborate with yes. you and do some, some great things. And he actually, sorry, just to mention, he's... Um, with his latest album, he's actually gone down the route of, and many people are doing this these days, um, with his music, uh, some of his songs have a bit of an African vibe to it. So yeah. like rhythm. So he's using a bit of that crossover, which I use in my music. So yes, yes if you are listening, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> we have some common ground. Yeah, I thought that was really cool as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That is that is quite current these days, I think, bringing some Afrobeat and some Caribbean sounds. Yes. And, you know, just just I mean what they call world music I don't know if I particularly like that title but I guess music from around the world bringing a lot of different cultures into the music it seems to be what's hitting quite hard in even in the pop industry and what's fresh and current these days so that's quite interesting yes so obviously I know that you are very much on this spiritual path and Mm -hmm. self-awareness and self-development and because you're also into your arts and your songwriting and everything as a musician and artist I wonder how you how much you value these songwriting and artistic endeavors in terms of developing yourself as a person well I think like many artists music is very much a part of who I am it's I can't separate it from my life um so it's it's almost like it's the avenue that I've been given to to know myself better um 
And I feel the more that I perfect my craft, the more that I know myself and then the more that I can be known because I can share that. Um, so. Yeah, I think, I think what's interesting is, you know, you spoke earlier about that um, coming home to yourself. Yes. And how the expression that comes through, um, how that kind of, how you can relate to that and grow through that and learn through that. Um, it sounds like a lot of what you do on a creative, you know, wavelength really is just about reconnecting with who you are. I like to yeah. think that our, <clears throat> our artistry really is about returning home. It's really about developing ourselves. And when you, when you are in a space of, you know, I would say of a creative flow, then you're not really separate from, from no. self. You're, you're really in a place where you can connect and, and release and let go what's inside, what might be hidden deep inside, what might be on the surface, um, and let that out. And I know while there are many strategies mm. for songwriting, for example, um, I know that for you, and this is a lot of stuff that a lot of people say about your music, is how when you sing your songs how it's you can feel that you're being authentic even through the words and lyrics that you use <laughs> you know it's like this must be your story it doesn't have to be but it feels very much like it is and i feel like that mm -hmm. creative outlet for <clears throat> you is is amazing um and then how does how does that then translate into you developing as a person well you see music is very much about well we know it's 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 a very like it's a sharing and connecting there's you know you connect with people through music. We connect with each other. You know, you you hear a song, it touches you. It's like, yeah, that's what I feel like. You share music with each other. Hey, listen to this song. Um, the same way an artist, you know, provides that to their to their listeners and that. And I think, like with anything, where you the more you know yourself and the more you connect with yourself, I feel the more you can connect with other people. Mm. And I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, because we're all one and all that. So I think through music, especially, you know, the more that I perfect my craft and go into my work and find better ways to like um, write songs. I just I just attended a songwriting boot camp, in fact, in um, here uh, just before coming to see you this weekend. Um, and, you know, you keep finding better ways to like delve deeper into yourself and understand yourself better so that you can express yourself better and then you connect with people better. Mm. Um, so it's all part of that process. You know, I need to grow. And then in growing and developing myself and knowing myself, I connect with you better. Um, yeah. yeah. And isn't that what it is all about? That yes. connection Whether you're with in yourself music or not, or right? connection with yeah. others. Absolutely. Whatever it is that you and do. And also communication is such an important factor. You know, I think uh, a lot of the world's issues is lack of communication and authenticity. Yeah. So I think that those two points of coming back to that place where you, you know, being authentic is a work in progress. I don't think yeah. that we're always in that state. No, but, and you don't realize. But we it? certainly can endeavor to, to find a space where we know what we're about and we shoot from there more than anywhere else. Um, yes. And 
you know, again, as I said, it's a work in progress, but I do feel that, again, those those little nuggets of authenticity and communication and expression all tying in. Um, and, and it sounds very much like a lot of what you do is very much an inside out approach, which I really think is fundamental. Yeah. Um, because what we do with ourselves as people and how we look after ourselves and grow and, and develop ourselves will be then what ripples out into the world to create the impact that I think is needed. Very so, much, very much. So. so I think that is, that's beautiful. And so you're a busy musician. So give me an idea mm -hmm. of how you look after yourself. I know what it's like to, to tour and be busy and, you know, be on the road and have gigs and rehearsals till no end. So I want to know how do you look after yourself as an artist? Well, basically, I would say for me, I, I've realized that I need a lot of silence sometimes. That's something that I'm realizing more and more, especially of late. Um, you need the silence to kind of separate yourself from the noise and so that you can hear yourself as well. So you're able to check in with what's going on, with what you feel. And in that silence, you'll know what you need. Um, not only not only from that respect, but then, you know, that's also the time where you can allow ideas to come to you and any guidance that you might need to follow. Mm. Um, so si silence is golden, as they say. Yeah. Um, so taking time, like, you know, it's it's very easy sometimes if you're very busy, if you're on the go from like morning till night and then you get and then you go to sleep and get up and it's like. Um, it's almost like you need to carve aside some time that you can just have that silence where, you know, whatever needs to come to you will as far as like guidance or, you know. Um, and then I'd say the other thing that I try to do is I practice yoga and that's been something that's, um, well, even a save, I'd go as far as say it's, it's been a saving grace really. Um, and I think it's important to like connect with your body and be aware of your body and look after your body. It sounds very basic, but even, okay, we talk about, you know, self-care, not necessarily just being bubble baths, sure. but um, yeah. it's more than that. But having said that, the bubble baths as basic as that, like think about what do you need to do to feel good, like even physically feel good, mm. um, exercising, taking care of yourself, eating well. You know, um, which is not easy to do sometimes when you're busy, you're on the go. And what do you, if you're hungry and you're out, what do you grab to eat that's quick and easy to eat and not messy? And, you know, yeah. um, but I think we need to make an effort with that, especially if we see that we've been letting it slip for a bit. Um, so that, yeah, body and mind, I guess, is what it sums up with the silence. And then, you know, Definitely. practicing yoga is something that. I've never been one to like, I used to get bored, like going to the gym and that. And maybe I'll go through different phases where, you know, that's changes. But when I found yoga, I found a way that I could not only strengthen my body, but kind of find like an inner peace and um, yeah, a stillness hmm. um, while checking in and like developing my awareness and mindfulness of myself and my body. So, and Outside of yoga, because that's a very specific um, type of movement and exercise yeah. for you. Um, <clears throat> when you talk about silence, is there a particular way that you go into silence? Is it visualization, meditation? Is there something specific that you feel helps you to to really get into that silence in that space? Well, meditation, I guess, is... Um Meditation is a good tool to kind of like quiet down and try and empty your mind. Um, sometimes it's easier than other times. But the other thing that I experiment with is, um, well, experiment with, um, 
maybe that's not the, that you the particular word <laughs> that I explore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it making it sound a bit more, um, yeah, complicated than it is. But um, meditation with sound is something that I do. Like Wayne Dyer is someone that I truly admire and I follow a lot of his teachings and they, they quite resonate with me. And he's got like... Um, like a chanting meditation, a guided meditation that I follow. And it's it's literally just sounding the word, ah. And I think for me, maybe it's also because instinctively I am a singer and I work with sound, but um, other than sitting in silence, which is also helpful, that kind of helps to center me and to kind of reset my frequency. Yes. Um, connecting with sound and the vibration i know i'm speaking to like <laughs> well you're speaking Ms. pro and you're, yeah you're i'm in the right room all here about what i love yeah <laughs> resetting your frequency i think that is so well put it's a and very it's so simple apt. tool that but mm. really really effective especially if you think oh i can't sit quietly not that i mean i would i would urge people to try it isn't always easy to still your mind in that sure. and when you do manage to get those moments where you've managed to clear your mind and you're, you know, in that stillness, it's great. But I think using sound is very special too. And it's a... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, as you know, yes, I love sound and I work with it and I, I sound every day, not mm -hmm. necessarily sing every day, but I sound every day. Yeah. And when I, you know, teach people how to get into a sounding practice, it really is just about connecting to sound. It's really just sitting with it and letting the sounds that want to come out, come out. And mm -hmm. I often say whatever sound comes out is right. Yes. Because whatever you need, wherever you're resonating or whatever frequency in terms of your energy, whatever space you're in at that moment, it has its own unique sound. In fact, we as beings have our unique sound print. And, yeah. you know, when you are in a space, especially, you know, busy, you know, the, the hustle and bustle of life these days and everyone, you know, trying to make their way through different careers and things like that, you know, it can, it can get very, very hectic. And sometimes we can feel a bit disharmonious. And yes. that disharmony comes out through stress, anxiety, so many different things um, and labels that I can throw out there. Yeah. Um, and I think it is so important to come back to a state of harmony and sounding is what a perfect way to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's wonderful that you, you speak about resetting your frequency because what that speaks to to me is that you feel there is innate within you a perfect frequency, a harmonious yeah. state, a blissful state of being, which I believe we all have. And yeah. certainly all have access to if we can Definitely. find ways to access it. Um, and sounding helps you to go back to that and helps you to entrain yourself into that state of harmony again. So I think it's so precious and beautiful. And, you know, I love that you do this. And I think as singers and people who work with sound in general, it's such a quick way in. But for those who don't, it really just comes down to sitting with yourself taking the time out and just saying, what if I just let a sound out? What would that sound be? And everyone be? can do that, isn't it? You don't have everyone to be a singer and that. it's very basic. And maybe to some people listening to this, they might think, oh, I've never done that. It sounds very basic or, oh, yeah. I don't know. There might be some resistance, but really once you try it, that that's the only way you'll actually know yeah. what and, it does. And, and there often is resistance. There often yes. is this resistance because what happens is you feel quite vulnerable. Because yes, you're connecting with something deeper and greater 
structure within yourself that sometimes feels familiar, sometimes doesn't, and it feels a bit vulnerable. I mean, at the end of m the sound baths that I that I run, um, I get people to integrate the experience by sounding at the end, and a lot of the feedback is, you know, even for singers mm -hmm. that I, I sing all day and all night in gigs and stuff like that, but just to sound that moment that you asked me just to let a sound out was so hard. Yeah, and sometimes it is because we feel that there is um, there is a part of us that is so connected right now that there is there is sometimes this fear of vulnerability of mm -hmm. what if what I let out is heard or judged or it doesn't feel like it doesn't represent what it is that I'm feeling like I'm connecting to when interestingly that's exactly what you need to do to find yes. to find what it is that you're connected to um, and let it out and you know they with with um, you know, creating a space for people to do that and coming from a place of compassion and love, which I like to do, it allows them to just let go. And I mm -hmm. sometimes say, even if you're not able to sound it out physically, just create the sound in your mind because the sound in your mind is still the sound and that yeah. sound is still helping you to reset your frequency. So I think that's special that you, you know, you go back to sound mm -hmm. in a very different way that's that also comes into that silence and that slowing down and that coming back to your center so that you can then be as efficient as you want to be out there as a performing artist so yes yeah this is really that's really the cool. aim that's the aim i love it <laughs> yeah. i love it and now we know that life throws its curveballs and you know i like to think we'd catch them and throw them back but it doesn't always happen um what are some of the obstacles that have come up for you on your path so far and what are one or two ways that you have you know, used to overcome them? Um, so I think one that comes to mind is more recently. Um, last year, I wasn't, I wasn't very well. I started off the year um, kind of feeling a bit bloated and kind of not in myself. Um, I thought it was just from eating, like overeating during the uh, Christmas period, as we all do, <laughs> overindulging in that. So I'd put it down to just like, oh, I'm just a bit bloated. I just need to maybe, you know, let me start eating less meat and more veg. And I thought, let me look at my diet. The things that I mentioned earlier about, you know, self-care tips and that coming back to your body. Um, so I was doing that. I did a bit of a cleanse, still kind of feeling the same. Um, and when I look back now, I can see that I actually wasn't myself. I, I, I put it down to just general, maybe emotional stress and challenges. Like we all face sometimes in our work where things are a bit hard. So I was, I was pushing myself every day. And, and again, there's a fine line. Yes, we do all like maybe push ourselves to an extent sometimes. But when I look back now, I can see that it wasn't just that I physically wasn't myself. Um, because then, um, luckily when I was doing yoga, um, I felt something move kind of in my, underneath my left rib. Um, and because from this, and I was like, oh, what is that? And I thought, what is in my system? Is that something in my intestine? What's going on? So as I was feeling bloated later one day, I started massaging my stomach. See this again, you know, being quite connected and aware of your body. And when I reached that part in my abdomen underneath my left rib, I felt like, um, I felt something kind of hard and fleshy and I was like, what is that? Anyway, to cut out a long story, I went to the doctor, had ultrasound. Um, my spleen was enlarged. I think a normal one is between eight and 12 centimeters. Mine had gone as big as 18. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. So again, again, to just cut out the long story, I went to Greece, I got checked out and I was diagnosed with hairy cell leukemia. Mm -hmm. And that was such a shock. And I, I was actually very lucky that I was able to be in Greece at the wow. time that I was Absolutely. for them to catch it. Mm. Now, the lucky thing is with hairy cell leukemia, it's actually it's a very, very rare form of leukemia. But the good thing is that it's treatable, um, unlike other forms. It's a bit more straightforward. I know we hear leukemia and cancer, and then we've got certain like um, things that we attach to that word that really scares us. But it's yeah. it's not always it's not always that bad. Um, but had it been left any longer, it could have been something very serious. But anyway, regardless of all that, here I am. I've been diagnosed with this, and they're like, you need to be treated now. Um, and funny enough, at the time, I was preparing. Um, I'd actually just escorted my parents to Greece even so they could do their regular health checks. And I thought, oh, well, while I'm there, I can check out what's happening with my spleen. You know, obviously, I had no idea that it would be something so serious. Um, and I was preparing to for a big concert in Zambia where I was going to open for Joe and Brian McKnight, you know, which wow. was a great opportunity that I was really looking forward to. And I... I had to like get on with rehearsals and all of that. And um, funny enough, because I was like, I was working really hard and so much that I wanted to achieve by then and to put out and, you know, to maximize on that and, you know, everything that comes with that, that you start thinking of as an artist. And anyway, the doctor's like, well, good news, it is treatable and um, you just have to do the treatment. It's five days chemo and you'll be all right. Now, because I wasn't particularly sick, I thought that maybe it's not urgent. And I said, well, okay. I do have a concert though. This was, I think this was um, end of August. Yeah, end of August. I said, I do have a huge concert though, beginning mm. of October. So could I go back home and do that? And I'll come back after. And he looked at me and he says, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to do this now. I was like, okay. And I said, well, how long is the treatment going to be? He says, it'll probably take you a month and a half because you'll need to do the treatment. It's going to kill off your all of your white blood cells, and then you'll need to hear. Anyway, when I heard month and a half, I was like, wow, so that concert's out the window. But of course, of course, I, I don't want it to sound like I put my career before my health, just that it was an opportunity that I was really looking forward to. Yeah, and, course. you know, it was I was trying to see if there was a way that I could do both. Um, but of course, of course, my health comes first. But I think what a very important um, lesson, um, well, there was so many important lessons from that. But um, do you tell, do you tell? I, yeah. So I thought, okay, a month and a half, that means I'm going to miss the concert. I thought, okay, well, you know what? I am just going to have to let go. At this point, I didn't know how the treatment was going to be, how I was going to respond to the treatment. Was there going to be any complications? Was I going to be in Greece indefinitely now? Like, I just did not know. So I had to go from being so busy. And so all these plans and I have to get back and I've got this concert. I had to just let go of all of that because I didn't know. The, and the truth is, ultimately, I guess we, we all the time, we never know. How you mentioned earlier, we make plans and God laughs. But that, that's true generally anyway. But I literally had to just let go and say, okay, this is what it is. Obviously, my health is important and I'm going to just channel everything that I need to do to get better now and to tackle this obstacle now. And whatever else is meant to be will meant to be. If I make it back for the concert, great. If not, but I, if not, then fine. So I, um, 
I, I completely let go, forgot about everything it was that I needed to do. And I just concentrated on going, getting my treatment done and resting and healing and visualizing. And I thought, I'm going to do everything in my power that's going to help me. Um, mm. And I think this is the clear distinction. Some things are not in our power. Like I said, I didn't know how long it was going to take or if there was going to be other complications or what would happen. But all I could do was try and keep myself in the best frequency. I was visualizing my healing process. Mm. And then what ended up happening in the end, and look, it, it didn't necessarily have to happen this way. Whatever was meant to happen in my journey would have happened. If I needed to take longer to heal, fine, whatnot. In three weeks, I was cleared to fly back to Zambia. Wow. I jumped back into rehearsals a couple of weeks and I hit that stage and I and I did the show, which is, I guess it's besides the point. I'm not saying like, I'm not sitting here saying if you visualize and you'll be able to, you know, maybe that might not have been what, what happened. happened in my story. But I guess all I'm saying is I did it. I let go. I visualized what I could, you know, I, I, and maybe that's what kept me going. I visualized mm. being on that stage and, you know, doing this show that I was looking forward to and being well. And yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, well, helped I mean, me. What I'm hearing from you are often like themes that often come up when I speak to people about healing. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, no, we don't have all the power. All we can do is what we can and right now in the moment, because that's all we yes. have. Um, and then let go, whatever's yeah. going to happen will so happen. So surrender was a big part of your healing process yeah. to let go and realize that if I try to make things into something that I don't know what's going to happen. If I try to mold it into something, mm -hmm. actually I'm going against the flow of whatever's supposed to happen and the best space that you need to for create your for highest yourself. Good. Yeah. For your highest good. So you surrendered, you let go, you thought, well, look, worst case scenario, I don't do the the, the really yeah. important um, you know, gig that you really were excited about, which is fine because your health was first. But then maybe it just wasn't meant to be if I wasn't going to do it and maybe sure. something else. And you know, But what, what I really find interesting, and this is one that often comes up uh, when I talk to people, people is not being victim to your illness yes while you were facing a potentially mm -hmm. life-threatening illness you were thinking okay so when can I go back out there and do what I love rather than sit with it and think okay now is my you know what's going to happen now and really focusing on the illness instead you were focusing on health you yeah. were focusing on going out there and continuing to express yourself through your music. Um, when you were told you needed to do it now, you obviously were also being proactive and, and making informed decisions based on your medical practitioner, which is yeah. important, you mm -hmm. know, and you took the advice and had your treatment. But in those moments of doing that, you also visualized the positive things that you wanted. You visualized yes. yourself well. And I know visualization is a powerful tool. And I, I, I you know, I have many visualization audios out there um, for people to listen to. And I think visualization is so important because our unconscious mind does not know the difference between something that's really happening exactly. and something that we are visualizing. The mind is so it's powerful. so powerful. Yeah. And so when you are visualizing yourself in good health, the rest of your body is going, oh, I'm, I'm in good health. Okay. And that's yes. what it's working towards. Exactly. That's and what I was banking on. That, that is, that is. Banking on, but in a surrendering way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make that distinction. And so that for me, was that's so important. It's something that I often try to instill in people is to remember that um, one, you have a choice in your healing. You have a responsibility in your healing. And by that, it's not to say that everything you want is going to happen. Unfortunately, 
unfortunately, no. people who do want to heal don't heal. People mm -hmm. who do want to live don't live. This is the nature of, of life. However, your journey be between knowing when there is healing to take place and what you decide to do in that moment at that crossroads is crucial. And yeah. the majority of people that I come across who have chosen to live or chosen to heal, whether that was the outcome or not, had a very different experience on the way to whatever outcome than yes. those who didn't. And that also means not, again, being a victim to your illness, because your illness is just saying, hey, wake up, there's some disharmony here, and I want to get back to harmony, so you're not listening, I'm shouting at you now. Yeah. And it gives you an opportunity to do something about it. And this is not not to belittle illness or pain because I know how difficult and hard these things can be. Yes. Um, but I also know how powerful we are as human beings. We all often underestimate that. And mm -hmm. I also know that we are in charge of us. Yeah. So the best we can do is, one, not be a victim to our illness, surrender to our highest good, and then take those practical steps and come back to center, come back to that harmonious state, visualize, meditate, do whatever it is that you feel for you on your personal journey will help you to come back into equilibrium. And mm -hmm. then you were able to go through, which I know um, as your friend, uh, the very, very hard period, having to give yourself injections and oh all these gosh. things that I know was quite traumatic, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. but you stood up, you stepped up, you did it all and you made it back to Zambia and opened for freaking in Ryan McKnight and I, Joe. Wow, I just right. I, I look back and it feels like it feels like it was just a dream. The way it just happened, right? And, but you know, I must say that um, I was very, very lucky. Well, was it Bob Marley that said you you don't know how strong you are until you have no choice? What was that quote? Until sure. until you have to be, you don't know how strong you are. Basically, yeah. it's probably worded a little bit more eloquently than that. And that was so true. I think I just didn't have a choice but to be strong. When people ask me, like, well, how did you do it? I'm like, well, what else could I do? Yeah. But I'm actually very grateful and I was very lucky and very fortunate, I must say, that I had such an amazing family and so many people actually running around and taking care of everything for me mm. so that all I had to do really was just rest and relax and focus on my healing. I was... And I can't tell you how valuable that was. And um, that kind of joins into something else I wanted to say about the, there's this misconception of what healing is. Mm. Um, healing is not necessarily that you're getting better from your illness. No. I mean, we see it like that and that's kind of how we use the term. Mm. But from what I understand from the experience that I went through, um, and funny enough, uh, you know, here's me like being strong and doing what I need to do and keeping my head focused. But, you know, my family and my cousins, they were panicking. They were like really like upset and scared and, and I wasn't. But mm -hmm. I guess again, like I said, because I had to keep myself in the best state possible. And then I think very soon after, ironically, um, a friend of mine recently is going through her own cancer scare. And then I saw how I reacted to that compared to how yeah. I was when I was going through it. I was a bit more calm. But then knowing that my friend is like struggling, like... You know, I was in tears and worrying and that, which I didn't do for myself. Mm. But um, all of this to say that part of the healing that took place 
was this strengthening and this deepening of the connection between me and my family and my cousins and us being able to be there for each other and mm. I think that is a big part of the healing that's beautiful you know yeah healing relationships healing you know i mean don't want to necessarily say past traumas but disconnects and things like that that is exactly that is so important it is equally important and we don't need i mean for you obviously that you were able to reflect beautifully on that and take that in in a beautiful way but i think what i feel hearing that from you is a reminder that we don't need to wait until we're sick no exactly to, to, to make That's those true. to make those connections to to heal those relationships and you know if you're someone out there who is going through a rough time with your family there's never there's no time like the present to do something um that helps you to connect and heal yes. that relationship you know if it's something that you that you want to do and sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean um you know going back and being a part of that person's life i don't know everyone's circumstances yeah, are different yeah. but healing can take place on so many levels and you being able to let go um surrender once again not be the victim of a circumstance and really value in such a deep and um you know heartfelt way uh, the support and value of your family i think that's a yes. beautiful learning and a beautiful experience and reminder for us all that you know that's how that how precious we are to each other Yeah, I think healing is a deepening of connection. I mean, even there was one night where mm. I had to spend in hospital and again, I I'd got a fever I think after my uh with my chemo and it's hard to, it's a very dangerous um spot when you're uh, at the end of chemo when your white blood cells are like pretty much zero and if you get a fever it could be something very dangerous or it could just be the chemo working. But um all of that to say I got a fever and I I was taken into hospital. Um And then that was I was I was quite upset about that because again I was like oh gosh I'm in hospital now they've taken me in you know they hooked me up to drips and you know yeah. how long am I going to be in here for <laughs> which by the way it ended up just being a night but I right. didn't know that at the time sure <laughs> so I was like oh gosh you know and then I was like my mom had to like you know pack my a bag and bring me the stuff I need but anyway just that one night in hospital and being able to see how other people were suffering there hmm. um Sorry. That's all right. It's it's, okay. it's quite moving. Um it's not easy to witness. No. But that I'm really grateful for that because again, it it deepened my my connection with others to see like what they can go through and like how they're suffering like it was very sad to see i'm not again what what i'm saying it wasn't pleasant but i'm so grateful there was girls mm. my age that almost had it worse they had things like lymphoma that to go into hospital yeah you know every every month and do some treatment they had kids at home that they had to look after mm. and He was me. I think I was in tears that day in hospital. I mm. must say that I wasn't always strong, of course. But oh, of course, of course. That day I was in tears, and this girl was smiling at me, and she's like, "She said to me, the only way that you're going to get through this is if you smile." And I was like, "Wow, here's this person that's going through something like worse in a way than I am, and this is how they're taking it on, you know." Mm. Um, and again, that was something very valuable, like that deepening in connection yeah. and understanding each other. And yeah. and then there was another lady that was like about my mother's age that was really suffering. She had had a bone marrow transplant, in and out of hospital for like three years. Wow. 
and it made me like truly grateful as well for mm. like you know being in a in a place of gratitude in a state of gratitude and that point is you know is such a wonderful thing i yes i know i mean i don't know from experience but i do know what suffering and have seen and witnessed suffering as well over the years with yeah. you know whether people close to you or people around the world um you know that you that we all see um in different ways but i do think that you coming to that recognition of deepening of connection i love that yes. healing is a deep deepening of connection and i think that when we are allowing allowing ourselves to come back to that self-connectedness and and source whatever that source is for you um yeah it, it then enables us to recognize as you said earlier that we're all connected Absolutely, and this is why you yeah. could feel that connection which is why you could feel the emotion around other suffering and which is why you could be in that place of gratitude for where you were even in your darkest moments Yes. And I do think that you crying and releasing and and witnessing all of this is your strength. Yeah. <laughs> um because it's important I cry for often, us as yeah. you know. <laughs> you know me as my friend. Yeah, you know what? Friend. Release tears. Tears are just a release and you know I think are, that yeah. I think there's nothing, you know, I'm I embrace tears. I'm definitely one of those mums who don't doesn't tell her boys not to cry. If they cry, yes. that's not a problem. Cry. That's so important. Um, yeah. It is. It is. That's a whole new uh new episode right there. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I just want to move on to just generally what inspires you. What 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 would you say is something that really inspires you these days? Um I think really well, I'm inspired by music as a musician. That's something that really, you know, kind of like sparks me, but like from the perspective of well, this is the interesting thing. I'm I'm interested in music, not not stuff that I just enjoy listening to because of their musical um what's the word musical um taste or genres or yeah genres and musical aspects like that but it's the with songs and expression of like human expression in music mm. that's kind of like when i hear a song and lyrics that are written which is what you know and then i'm like oh i'd love to write like that more yeah um so that that comes what what it comes back to is uh what inspires me as people just all the people around me my friends and them being able to talk about stuff and talk about even the basic things about what they love and what they hate and what's upsetting them or not you know all the people around me the people that i love that i'm close to um that that's what truly inspires me um and there's a joke that you know as a songwriter you're always looking for material around you and right. you know that, that you're gonna write songs about you what, what great fuel for your songs and i think that human expression uh is an important factor for you whether it's in conversation yes. or in general just being able to express and communicate whatever is in within um mm -hmm. it is definitely going to help you with your songwriting journey without a doubt it already yeah. has and i'm really excited to hear the music that's next because i know that you're on uh you know, uh, well, a, life a lifetime, but certainly the next stage for you of really taking your songwriting to the next level. So yes. I'm excited, certainly as one of your biggest fans yeah. to hear what you come <laughs> up with. Um, That's great. I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you for being my friend, 
for being someone that has taught me a lot of things in life, someone that has been a cheerleader of mine um, and just someone to have a laugh with because one of the things that we know how to do is laugh. (laughs) We have so many things to laugh about and we have a good laugh. All these inside jokes as well. (laughs) I just think it's amazing. Um, And so I am really grateful. And so you can connect and learn more about Kiki and you can find her at kikisings.com and all the social media platforms where you can check out her music and go and download her, download her awesome tracks. I will post all the links to social media and website and everything with this episode. So I, again, I celebrate you. Thank you so much for the impact that you're creating through using your voice. You know, I'm Thank all you. about sound <laughs> and everything. And I have one final question for you. And that is, what is your soulful sound to the world? That self-prayer desire that you wish upon the world. I really wish for each of us to be able to connect with our hearts um, and to kind of strengthen and clarify that connection so that we know who we are and um, strengthen the love that we have within us because in doing so, we then strengthen you know, the connection we have between each other's hearts. And to put that, I know that that might sound a little bit cliche and a bit basic, but what I mean by that also is then we can understand each other better um, and see ourselves in others and understand really that we're all one, Um, Mm. you know. There's so much like, um, sometimes there's so many options to like misunderstand someone, but if you like pause for a minute, you can see why it is that, you know, they might be coming across a bit difficult. And really what it comes down to is, you know, they, they want to be loved mm. um, we all and understood, be loved. Yeah. you know. So I think in order to understand, once you understand yourself, you're able to understand others, isn't it? When yeah. you see someone like maybe behaving in a way that's not great, if you're able to come from a place of understanding, because maybe you can relate from like, then, you know, it's it's just a way of like bridging that connection. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, um, connecting with your heart really, so then you can connect with um, other people's hearts. <laughs> Yes, so go out there and connect with your heart, connect with yourself, deepen your understanding and go out there and live that in your relationships, whether that be work or family or anything. And I appreciate it's not always easy. We've got barriers. In fact, my favorite quote, my favorite quote from Rumi is, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And that's so powerful for me. I guess that's what I'm trying to say if I haven't. I'm not sure if I've quite expressed it. Well, you know, that quote but, for me just certainly <laughs> just says hits, it all. Hits There's so many there. layers to yeah, that. There exactly. is. Can you repeat that quote one more time? So your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And that's really what it comes down to. When you do the inner work. What a lovely message. Yes. What a lovely message. And what a wonderful note to end on. I love Rumi. I love you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Soulful Sound podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure we will hear and see see, see you again soon. Yeah. All right. Take care, sweetie. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, 
healing, and sound wherever you are.